Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Best of Five. Tonight on the show, our thoughts on the beta, NCR recap, Puff Ruin Smash, and there's some power problems with the Power Rangers game. What are you most excited to talk about? Mm. Mike Schiller, co-host of Best of Five. Um, wow. Well, I mean, I thought NCR was overall a pretty positive experience, so that was good. I've liked how Street Fighter Five's been doing that, but mostly, yeah, Puff and Smash and how bad it is. Yeah, pretty much. Did you play the beta? I did play the beta. Played probably about 100, 200 matches, something like that. 100 or 200? Somewhere in the range of 100 to 200. We're going to round that out to 150 matches played by Michael Donkashiller. I as well played the beta, and I can't wait to hear uh, your opinion on it. I Joining didn't hate it. I didn't like it. Before we introduce the rest of our panel, Unsung Hero. Unsung Hero. Two R's. And who? There we go. Uh, and Sam Peasy. And uh, Zalbag. And there was one more person. Where'd they go? I'm sorry, one more person. I'll find you eventually. Uh, joining us this week, as they do every week, is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey, bro. How's it going? Good. I just, um, so my girlfriend always makes noise and forgets when I'm recording. So she got me this to hang on the door for when I'm uh, when we're when we're filming. Important so question for you, John: Why yes. the hell didn't you hang it on the door? Because I wanted to show you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it defeats the purpose. Yeah. For the joke as well. Tell me about it. Speaking of John, um, John on the Event Humps podcast had Brian F. And if you haven't listened to it, it's insightful, it's exciting, it's entertaining, and you should. And I'm going to ask John later about uh, some of his takeaways from that interview. Also joining us, as he does, now the now unlocked, because somebody paid for the DLC, Steve, Ace King Offsuit Jurek. Sure you can. That's my character select pose right there. That's a sick one. Yeah, that's pretty good, bro. Especially how your hand gets cut off uh, when you reach the top of the frame, but not the top of the frame that the audience is seeing. Can you show us again? We we don't have great artistry uh, for this. We've, we spent most of the budget on... Uh, on uh, netcode, so <laughs> and you know it's for the it's for the fans it's for it's for for the players right because netcode's more important than uh, than DLC. All right, um, Steve, you want to hit us with a recap? I guess I could do that. Uh, it was a pretty busy weekend, uh, starting out uh, with PAX East. There were a couple events down there, mm-hmm. uh, kicking things off with the end of that Super Smash Brothers. Uh, North America Open Series. Uh, this was the four-team championship event uh, that was the culmination of all those online qualifiers. And it was a good weekend for Team Southeast, uh, Devante, Poltergust, and Wrath. Uh, they held off Team Northeast. Hell yeah, Polt. <laughs> so I'm biased. I know the guy. <laughs> well, well, maybe he'll give you uh, his controller. Because <laughs> it got a customizable controller, and I believe five hundred dollars each uh, for winning. Sounds like hacks. Hell yeah! So before you continue, Steve, die one thousand deaths and anonymous Rabbi Chang sub to the channel. <laughs> so uh... thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you for the sub. Really appreciate it. Helps us keep going. All right, as you were, Steve Ace King Officer Jerk. Uh, that there was also a Tekken Seven showdown at Paxi's, uh, sponsored by Discover Card. I had to throw that in because that's 
part of the actual name. Uh, it was a good weekend for Joey Fury. He held off Lil Majin twice, 3-0 and 3-0, to take the title. Uh, Shadow 20Z getting that uh, third place finish. Joey was on fire. He went undefeated uh, throughout the event. So he is looking to make his third straight Tekken World Tour finals. He could be uh, one of the favorites to make it in the U.S. for certain. And hopefully we'll see Majin there as well. Uh, Over to Europe uh, for Battle Dome 2019. This was a pretty big event out in Italy, uh, which shows you, which shows in the strong Italian performance in the results. Tishuman, no big surprise, gets the win over Sir Sambo. Uh, Perhaps the only thing that might be a little surprising is just how dominant he was. Uh, Did not drop a single set uh, the entire tournament. 14 and 0 in sets, or 14 and 0 games, 35 and 7 throughout the entire tournament. There was a round robin stage and then a bracket. He was absolutely on fire. Uh, the big Tekken event this weekend, both in terms of eyeballs and in terms of wallet, uh, took place in Saudi Arabia. The True Gaming Invitational. This was an event which included. Eight players from Saudi Arabia, uh, three players from elsewhere in the Middle East, including the Evo Japan champion Arslan Ash, and five Asian players, including Ni, Kudans, and Chanel, who swept the top three. Uh, Kudans taking it over Chanel in a really good set. Takes home the largest single event cash prize in Tekken history, $60,000. Not bad. Not bad work if you can get it. Uh and, you know, even though uh, some of the other players didn't take home quite as much, uh, Sora did, had a nice weekend. Arslan Ash picking picking up another 1500 which was good for him. Uh, Sora was actually pretty strong. I believe he it was either Kudans or Knee that he lost to both matches, and both matches were pretty close. So don't be surprised to see some of these guys uh, up there in the standings once uh, the season kicks off, because there there's some deep talent in the Middle East, even beyond Arslan Ash. You know how deep? Did you get to listen to the commentary in Arabic for Tekken? It was actually super entertaining. You understand? I, I, no, but it was super entertaining. I don't think I've ever, like, heard commentary in Arabic before. So it was, like, something very new. And, like, you could understand what they were, like, the gist of what they were saying because of what was happening in the game. But the cadence was super new and super interesting. So I enjoyed that. I just wanted to say that. Why don't you hit us with a clip or something, man? Nah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's sort of like watching uh, soccer matches on Univision. Like, even before I, w- I took Spanish classes, and honestly, I've forgotten most of the Spanish I learned in those, but those the were Spanish always... The you learned fun. was how to say goal for 20 minutes in Spanish. I can't do anything for 20 minutes in Spanish or English. <laughs> Uh, moving right away. <laughs> yeah, we're all just going to let that hang right yeah, there. Let's go. Also, <laughs> it's not like watching <laughs> soccer in Univision for me. I don't appreciate your joke because it's culturally insensitive and biased towards somebody who actually speaks Spanish. Moving on. Hey, Most I actually end, watched Univision. That, that wasn't a bit. <laughs> I actually watched, you know what, whatever. Uh, let's kick it over to NCR, the big event of this past weekend. Uh, 
looking at the Dragon Ball Fighters tournament because this was the last big hurrah. Are people still playing Dragon on- Ball Fighters? Well, we'll see you so- later in the Evo uh, <laughs> Evo sign-up list. There's still some names out there. There's still some players out there. Uh, Goichi going back-to-back at NCR, taking it over Kazunoko for the second straight year. Uh, subatomic straight sabers from the USA, not ISA. Uh, <laughs> not the the international state. It, it, it's a mistake, you know what I mean? Issa <laughs> <laughs> typo. Uh, Lightsabers. Jar Jar Binks. Issa. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, That's culturally sensitive. <laughs> yeah, that was straight up sensitive. racist, in fact. Um, uh, moving on. But yeah. But yeah, another strong weekend for the Japanese players taking three of the top four spots. Shout outs to Subatomic Sabres for defending the homeland. Uh, but the one most people here are were interested in uh, wasn't the final event of NCR. And we might talk about that a little bit later. But the CPT, the Street Fighter V tournament, uh, was the second of four tournaments on the mainstream uh, this past weekend on Sunday. And what a show it was. It was Tokido taking it over Punk. Uh, they played three times. Mm-hmm. Every set was final ga- uh, g- final game. I believe they were all final round, too. It was just insane play. Uh, Fudo and John Takeuchi rounding out the top four. Uh, good to see Smug getting another strong result. It's yeah, been a while. Definitely. Yeah, so and it was he, highly entertaining. A, and, and we have some clips well, here that we'll show later. It's, it's interesting looking at this list because a lot of these guys on there lost in pools at at final round and this is definitely more of the guys you were expecting to see than final round was so is that a sign that things are already starting to shake out the way we expect them to or or something else hard to say you know we're talking about a sample size of one so one out of two events this year three if you count uh fv cup so it's it's very difficult to draw any conclusions from that but we should anyway. Uh, Responsible. I wanted even. to guess on your on your little blurb in the bottom left on who the other three players were. Oh uh, yes, uh, that that's something I should mention. Uh, Punk continuing his strong start. He made that's the now two for two in making grand finals in the first two premier events of the year. Uh, that has happened three times before in the Street Fighter. I think Five I know era. two of them. I'm having trouble with a third. All right. Well, what do you got? I think Infiltration versus Tokido was the first two premiere events in season one. So that would be two of them, right? And then it could be. And then the third one. Was it Sien? Uh, it's, it's either Sien in Sien season two was, yeah, or it's Fujimura know. in season three. And I can't remember which one. Steve, do you actually know? No, it's not Fujimura. It's got to be Shen. Maybe it was Fudo. I don't know. Infiltration, uh, Tokido, Shen, and now Punk. Steve? You're. You're very close. We actually have the graphic. Uh, it is Infiltration, Tokido. Oh, that's cheating. Tokido. <laughs> he did it twice. That's okay. Uh, so Infiltration and Tokido, <laughs> remember, uh, 2016, <laughs> went men in grand finals for each of those first two tournaments. Uh, Tokido w- got first in one of the first two last year and second last in the other. But the one thing to take away from that, uh, look at their Capcom Cup finishes. Mm. Not exactly uh, 
the strong finish that you would expect from them considering how well they played throughout the season. So how difficult do you think it is to maintain that momentum when, you know, when you have a start like this, everybody is sort of gunning for you. Everyone is sort of game planning for you. Hey, quick question, guys, just as a refresher. Infiltration has banned this entire season, right? Correct. So just 2019, he's back in 2020. They haven't done the NCAA thing and redacted his wins yet, but, you know, (laughs) yeah, for this season, he's gone. Well, he certainly has a bunch of L's. So moving on, what else you got? Is that the end of the recap for now? Oh, no. Uh, We've got uh, the rest of the tournaments at NCR. You take a look at those results. Uh, Koji KOG won your favorite game. Yeah, but I don't Uh, watch him play cross tag. Yeah. Uh, Blaze Blue also taking the win in Street Fighter 4. That's the one uh, I was uh, watching. But they didn't uh, stream the top eight. So yeah. I'm uh, offended to my core. Uh, and I'm boycotting NCR from here on out. Nice. It, it, it was pretty rough because they only had two streams the entire weekend. Mm. which sucks for an event of this magnitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we did get to see was pretty good. Uh, Jimmy J getting the win in Tekken, and Eunice, oh my goodness. I've been saying this pretty much everywhere I can. If you have a chance, go back and watch the Eunice top four. Uh, Tari, a.k.a. Suguri, uh, versus Goichi. They met in winner's finals. They met in grand finals. It was absolutely nuts. Uh, Goichi doesn't really play a whole lot of Eunice now. And you could see there was a little bit of character unfamiliarity, uh, but he was his fundamentals were so good, and Tari was making absolutely great plays throughout the set. It was nuts. Definitely check out those archives if you get a chance. Hey, well, it's a good a look of... considering that Eunice has the most uh, entrance for Evo registrant wise right now, right? Well, as of yesterday, it it, it kind of shook out today. It was... Oh, do we have a graphic of that, or are we going to talk about that later, right, Steve? We can talk about that later because we've, okay. we've still got to deal with what's coming up this weekend. Before you hit there, yes. let's shout out some uh, subs. Let's do that. Beats by Noel Brown. Yes. One of our very first subs. I remember that. Shout outs to Beats. Um, hurts my heart every time I have to say that because <laughs> it's insensitive. <laughs> However, I am grateful. And the other thing, uh, wait, was there anybody else? No, just beats. Steve, the biggest event that was streamed over the weekend is not on your recap, which is the E-League Mortal Kombat 11 beta challenge, which, if I'm not mistaken, was actually a race to win five matches with each character as fast as you could on stream, and it actually had no competitive angle other than uh, luck of the draw of who you would fight against and how fast you could beat them. I'm sorry. (laughs) Who won that? Did anybody know? I didn't even watch it. I, I remember. I caught it a little bit of it. I forgot to watch it. Well, I started watching it, and it had uh, some NRS commentator whose name I can't remember, and Ultra David. Was it Aquaman? Yes. It probably yes. Back. Yes. And and you know basically they were just like tapping into other streams and talking about it because it really was like a race to see how many times you could, or how fast you could complete like five wins with Cabal, uh, with Cabal Baraka, and so on. But then I just started clicking over to the actual streams. 
on Twitch, and uh, it was enjoyable. It was cool to see some high level stuff, but it, it didn't really feel like a uh, like a tournament stream. And that's not what it's supposed to be, though. Yeah, yeah, it was during a beta. I think it's just supposed to drum up hype, and it's nice that it was uh, a fun know, idea to be honest. Yes, continues. Yeah, it was to interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. I just was like, at first, I was like, how the hell are they going to find each other to play against each other? And then I realized that was not it. Okay. Well, what, 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 what are you watching this weekend, uh, Steve? Any, any kind of a point ahead for us? Uh, we've got a couple events to watch out for. Uh, the big week one this weekend is going to be Brussels Challenge out in Belgium. That is going to be the first European event of the Capcom Pro Tour season. It's also part of the Arc Revo World Tour. So that one uh, is approaching its halfway point. Look what uh, this asshole put on Sunday. Will... <laughs> streams will be announced later. Uh, there's also the first online event of the CPT season for Southeast Asia. That will be on Saturday. And that's, oh, um, that's, that's for me. That's for me. Uh, never mind. <laughs> first ever, uh, what is it, main event with women. It, right? it, it's going to be fun. So you, progressive. You guys, even if you don't like wrestling, you need to go to YouTube and watch this cop segment from Monday night with all three women. Link it, it is the greatest thing ever in the history of greatest things. No, the greatest thing ever in wrestling is definitely the math from Steiner or whatever. But not that, that, nothing that's will up be... there. That is up there. The greatest thing began and ended with Andre the Giant. That's when I stopped watching. Culturally insensitive. <laughs> um, all right, so that's what to watch. Let's get into our topics. And I'd like to just jump right into NCR, since that's the most recent thing we discussed. And um, in particular, the CPT action. There was a lot of great matches. To me, and maybe I'm wrong, you guys can tell me I'm an idiot, but um, what Street Fighter Five lost that Street Fighter Four had was the ability to kind of like show your personality. I feel like the game makes you play a certain way more so than four. Um, but I felt like that was somewhat eradicated or has steadily been chipped away at, and NCR action this weekend really felt like you were watching distinct personalities play the game in a way that I found very entertaining. And then when you see Tokido versus Daigo as a matchup, I mean, you can't not get excited about that, and it was really exciting. We have a clip here of one of their early rounds that, you know, look at the, look at the clock. And, um, man, it was just really exciting. And we also have here some more from this match. But um, it's just great to see these guys. I like seeing Guile. I like seeing Daigo's Guile. And this is a cool matchup. Match. Yeah, look at it's that. Just a, it's, just like a, it's a pretty even matchup. It's, it's back and forth. It's got the fireballs, but not, not a full-screen fireball game the whole time kind of matchup. It just feels like all-around Street Fighter where you get to see every type of interaction. And, so. then, and then this is a spoiler alert. This is how it, how it ended. Um, which was also really exciting, uh, just to see some some swag here. Check it. Kuma's busted, but you think Kuma's busted? He's, he's been busted. Uh, he's really good. It's but I don't think he's like hurting the game good. No, he's not. Bo, he's not at all. Walk dash up. forward into demon. Yeah. That's too good. Dash up demon. That was uh, grand finals last year in NCR, right? And that was an amazing set in and of itself. Uh, but I, I do like what you're saying there about the, the character and player expression. We're seeing, you can pretty much tell the difference between Fujimura and Shen with Ibuki now, right? Punk and Johnny, we talked about the, the difference in their play on um, that final round. And, and um, you know, I think that the game has come a long way in that respect. 
there's double or there's, you know more than one v trigger now that does a little bit for some characters but i do think that people have come into their own they've learned how to uh express themselves more so certainly than in the beginning when when everything seemed to be like the same like the sequences over and over again right. but it is becoming more and more of an exciting game to watch mm-hmm. i think as the pro tour kicked off especially with punk doing his one hit confirms and as much attention as that garnered but there's a lot more to it than that it's a really exciting final round and a really exciting ncr i think as the pro tour kicked off and we got off this whole kick of let's just watch for or, or let's just wait for new announcements from capcom and instead we're like let's just watch the game and enjoy it um the street fighter 5 kind of general feel and community has has been in a, a lot less turbulent of a place and it's been quite enjoyable i think people i think punk on top is good I think it's one of those things where people like watching him. He's a fun personality, and the way he plays the game is unique and impressive, and it's kind of the way people like to watch the game, Hold which, that because which goes a... with the Smash discussion for later, kind of, to be honest. Right, but but speaking of Punk, we'll save that because we will show a clip of his. But before, speaking of it being entertaining to watch and showing your personality, not only do we have uh, Smug as the mask, but then we had Bonchan using Sagat, which I've been waiting to see at high level and in a tournament. Now, obviously, G goes against this a little bit, but I, I think... People liking this season and talking about how personality is coming in goes that that most people were right that V triggers and crush counters were what was upsetting people and what was homogenizing the game. If you actually directly compare, and maybe I'll make a video about this at some point, what happens well. when you crush counter someone and then V trigger cancel it now? Most of the time, you're just going into a two hit confirm to knock them down because the damage is scaled so badly. In season one, you were straight up killing them Mm -hmm. if that happened. And and the way that's changed the game and the way that's made the neutral more important and and the fact that you're doing 10 interactions around instead of two is why you can tell the difference between players better. Because when there's only two interactions, they're going to tend to look the same. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have a bunch you start to see the minute differences people make. So, so we, good we, change. We already saw a Tokido clip, um, and you mentioned Punk. Here is, again, spoilers, uh, how it all ended. But I'm going to play from the beginning because there was something you wanted yeah. to point out, right? Yeah. So, I mean, well, well you want to slow it down for you? You can see if you notice it here. This was a big deal this whole weekend, which was basically we talk about Punk's one-hit confirms. And here we see low medium kick into Tenko whiffing. And if you want to go back a little bit, we don't have the, the pen on this time. But basically, Punk has proven that he is totally able to confirm crouch medium kick. And and you see him do it here. He goes into the buffer, which he would never do on block. But at the absolute max range, or if you hit a normal that gets poked out, the just frame Tenko, for those who don't remember, there's two versions of Tenko, the instant one and the slower one. The instant one does a little more damage and and juggles a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Will whiff. And as Elon, who also plays Karen, noted... If you buffer it, you're going to get the instant one. And so this is beyond even superhuman punk reactions. You have to play around this. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen. And in fact, Tokido uses to his advantage by sticking out a lot of pokes at that range. What this meant is that if punk buffered, he'd get the whiff Tenko and then Tokido would instantly be able to punish it. And you can see he's usually been ready for it with a stand medium kick. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if you asked Tokido and he said, yeah, I'm doing that on purpose. That's stupid. I mean, that's really good. It's so good that it's stupid. It's like when Daigo was playing Tokido and standing so as to make his hurt box that much smaller. It's on that level that we see people picking apart this game. And it's like, how far have we come where we're talking about this kind of, this intricate level of sophistication coming to the table? It's like, 
this is uh, it has very much become an entertaining platform on which to watch these you know these minds battle it out. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, obviously, if he wasn't sticking out that pokes, he just whiffed the crouch medium kick, and he'd probably be safe because that move's very hard to whiff punish. Or if he just blocked it regularly, you know, Punk would go into shoulder or he wouldn't cancel into anything. So Was it uh, crazy. Fudo that was tweeting, um, we don't need to study Karen, we need to study Punk? Is that, is that yeah. what you were saying? What, what does that say to you, Mike? Uh, that we, that we need, it, it says exactly what, what you guys were yeah. all saying, which is that we're at the point where the character has become, you know, a part of the player rather than just a tool for massive crush counter buttons and 50 50 mix-ups that kill you you know and so at that point when when you're not dying in one hit you really need to to pick apart the differences between how each player plays and it's it's all good these are all the things we've wanted to hear for three years that we haven't been hearing and almost everything negative you've heard about street fighter 5 in 2019 so far has been we haven't heard shit about what they're releasing it hasn't been oh you know anyone's broken because it's hard to say anyone's broken like the characters that are making top eights are like Akuma, who's like a hundred times worse than he used to be. Rashid, who's a hundred times worse than he used to be. All these characters that are shadows of their former selves and are a bunch, a lot fairer than they used to be, are, are still good, still functioning, and we're seeing variety in that. Sense. Was anybody surprised to see Fudo using Birdie V Trigger Two? No, I think no, that's, that's what kind you're of a cheap V Trigger. Yeah. It wouldn't have been crazy to see him use Mika, but. Birdie's been a little bit in the spotlight, especially because of his V-Trigger 2. I think he was one of those characters that early on were like, he might be the best in the game. And it's like, well, probably not the best in the game now. But certainly worth checking out. And the V-Trigger 2 gives him some really good damage and um, and follow-up potential once he like scores the hits that he that he gets or that he wants to hit. And um, and so it's like it's really opened the character up to be more than just like his first V trigger basically just augmented what he was already doing. It made his moves that he was already using better, but now he's got this whole other chain mechanic and, and it's been fun to watch. And it's, it's shown that he's, he's a good character in the right way. Like he used to be a pretty good character because he had these kind of silly trap moves that, that I don't think were actually intended, but Capcom has attended to that and made him into like what I think is a very good version of a character that was formerly very frustrating to play against. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of his neutral game buffoonery has gone away. The V-Trigger 2 is a little crazy. It's kind of funny. The V-Trigger 2 is so strong, and it's actually, like, usually when you activate it, it's unsafe. And Fudo will purposely take a combo, like, almost every round when he's playing. He'll cancel into it unsafely just to get it active. And so it's like, it, it's, it, it's powerful enough to that point where you'll see. Him because it's not just what it gives you. It's what it takes away from yeah, your opponent sure. too. Cause you, cause the opponent has to respect it. You saw so many times where punk was in a situation where if there wasn't the threat of chain there, he could have responded with so many, uh, he could have responded with Tenko. He could have stuck out a button, but he had to be far more patient than he wanted to be because there was always that threat of chain. And you saw one or two times where he, he got hit with it and it hurt. It hurt bad. Yeah. I, the, the la- I, I almost want to like do a breakdown of the way punk plays at some point. Cause I think there's parts that like are really intricate and crazy. And I think part of when Fudo says stuff like that, it's like, wow, I've never seen a Karen play versus birdie like that before. That's traditionally been a matchup where even in season one, when Karen was like the best she was and birdie was probably the worst he was, it was always considered birdie favored. And the way, yeah, go ahead. Well, the way he played it, 
the way he just constantly walked forward and stayed inside the range of birdies, big buttons is like most people can't do that. Like the way he plays it and the way he blocks on reaction to things and perfectly times everything is insane. And the average player walking forward, the amount of times and the amount of seconds punk walks forward would be getting comboed and knocked down a, a thousand times a match. It would be insane. Like, just watch and, and take focus on how much he walks forward and, just and how little guy. he gets hit despite that. A couple it's, of a, other... it's a feel and a rhythm of when things are going to come out. And, and, and everybody feels that kind of a rhythm at some point when you're playing. But it's like Punk is feeling it on one of the most intricate things, one of the most intricate parts of a match and of a round. And that is, when does your opponent want to hit just normal buttons as you march forward at them? And he's so comfortable in that and so quick to determine it that he's able to basically do that super intricate dance right there in the danger zone and make it look easy. I, I think back, you know, he has been playing so he's always been good at that, but the level he's reaching right now is a level that I don't think we've seen him at since back when there was that talk of him being our, possibly the best player in the world. Mm -hmm. I think back to, I think it was final round 2017 when he played Sien and he just took his Ibuki off the character select screen. Yeah. He, he was so good at staying at a range where he could punish uh, V-Skill. And he did that so well, he took, he took Ibuki's best tool away from her. And the only answer Sien had after that was Fong. And Fong's not the answer to any question. <laughs> Except who's the shittiest character in now, the game. Now, comparatively, it's funny because I think Tokido is almost the opposite, where Tokido's play is, like, very easy to process for me. I think he's just so good at optimizing every situation that the the person who's making the same decisions as him, on average, is getting, you know, only 75% of what he's getting. And so he's just the absolute perfection of making the good regular decisions, whereas Punk is playing in this, like, almost animalistic style, and it's crazy to see. It's like, it's well, a really was, good grand finals matchup. He was playing with weighted training clothes on up until, you know, the, the input lag was lowered, and he was doing these kinds of whiff punishes back when there was even more input yeah, lag. So true. now that that's gone, it's like, well, now he's at Earth's regular gravity after chain, training with 100 times, and it's like, this is what you get. And it's really exciting. Uh, speaking I, of, I, I apologize. It was uh, DreamHack. Uh, DreamHack Austin where he did that not final round. So. Hey, uh, guys, speaking of exciting, I know you're just so thrilled that this character finally got uh, a little bit of limelight. Uh, we, has, <laughs> we saw Kage. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was oh, yeah. Kage. Kage. I didn't even see this match. Well, let me fast forward a little bit and get to the goods. Does he win? No way he it's wins. against Momochi. Well, he's down in game already. Yeah. As Snake Eyes was there and was playing Kage, I think exclusively. I don't know if he played Zangief. Why does, um, what, what is this character? I hate him. Okay, let's watch. But this he's, we'll see how he's he does. so well dressed, though. That's yeah, he really looks. But dapper. that doesn't make sense for this character to be wearing this freaking butler suit with a penguin outfit over here. But uh, whatever. Um, but we did get a Kage and uh, versus Momochi's uh, Zeku, and you know it's exciting to see that character variety, and it's also like an opportunity at the beginning of the season. The character's relatively new, hasn't been tested at this high level to bust them out. You might get some wins. He sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm bringing this up because it is another one of the topics, right, worth mentioning. But let's see how he does here. I'm playing. Let me fast forward. Just uh, no, he Ooh, takes a combos. round. Okay. Took at least one round. Let's see how he does here. All right. 
Um, the other topic. Oh, he kicked his ass this round. Did you take it to that combo again? Okay. So like. Wait, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. Okay, let's see this whole sequence. Here we go. Here we go. You want to lands a jump in? You can do this with any character. Not not exclusive to Kage. All right, he anti-airs a jump in. Okay, he did it for a lot of damage. I'll give you that was like a Kage kind of exclusive thing. Other than that, he just did a lot of combos. Now, how will he lose this round? Oh, that looked cool. That looked like a frame trap set up to be like plus three or something. I'm not positive. Let's get a little more of this. Fast forward. Hey, how long frames. till Kage wins a major? Or gets top? Uh, a major? No. A Kage won't make okay, top. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Kage in his current state will don't, definitely don't, don't, not don't make top eight or premier. I'll hit you. The, the chat can decide what they want, but that's not happening. <laughs> Got no him. way. <laughs> Dude, he I took that hook, line, and sinker, John. He's one round away from doing it. Uh-oh. Let's just watch this in real time here. What, 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 yeah. what happens? Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. A lot of great pressure. Why did you Momochi download this? Down. Because Kage was in it. Okay, because Kage was in it, then I think Momochi will win. If you didn't Kage know. Cage. I like calling him Cage. Cage? Nick Cage. I like calling him Nick Kage. <laughs> I like calling him Kage because in Spanish, cagar means to take a shit. And that's what I feel like this character is. Capcom took a shit. Oh, oh damn. That was, man. That was I, strong. For the, for the longest so good, time man. when I was a kid. Oh, did he win? I, okay, never mind. I was wrong. He yo, won. He just won. <laughs> and Momochi's so sad. Momochi should be sad. Um, that was a pretty sick setup. He, he tatsued over and then demoned. And oh, you mean the cool. setup that Akuma does? <laughs> hey now uh so that was one of the topics that i want to bring up and i got another one and it's a little bit i'm almost nervous to bring it up but i want to talk about it you guys know who cool, cool kid is right i know who cool kid is no um so i was watching the stream and never have i really uh heard so much of the heckling slash uh crowd sound as i did with uh joy uh cheering for cool kid i do not Stating it out there. I don't mind it at all. But there was some backlash. Some people were being very uh, – were offended by it, and they were making offensive comments as a response to it. If you're watching a tennis match and somebody's making that much noise, they will stop the match until the, the, the audience quiets down. The FGC has never had a rule like that. But this, I feel like, does start to reach the level of like, no, you are literally disrupting uh, the the play. So that's I'm setting the stage for you guys. Is there anything to be discussed? I mean, it's is the she meta, crossing it's, the line? It's the, it's the Kaba it's, thing again. Yeah. Do we have footage? So is there horrible it? racism involved? Yes, and that needs to stop. And Same, it's with disgusting. Same with Kaba. Same with Kaba. I, I don't know. I mean, if I were there and I were playing versus and it was distracting me, I that's what I would do. I wouldn't play the next round until until she stopped or he stopped or whoever stopped. But I don't know. People people are handling this in the wrong on the wrong. I evidence. mean, she she got a she got a whole little segment on TMZ from uh, North American Finals. I think it was two years ago, right, where they highlighted this. Uh, I don't know, man. Like we were talked about this a handful of times now, and, and from various instances where it's becoming a problem. Uh, but I think until we get some like kind of like 
there needs to be a standard set like the tournament organizers some the community has to figure out some kind of a rule here because this keeps coming up mm -hmm. and and it's hard to just like say well everyone has to be quiet versus you know everyone can make as much noise as they want this apparently it needs some kind of like a, a put down on paper ruling on what you are and aren't allowed to do i, I just feel like if they did let's just say hypothetically they ban uh, a certain decibel level of cheering from the crowd. Right. How are you going to measure that? First of yeah, all, are, it, are we go really going to have decibel meters? No, but right like, is, this is a hypothetical here, Steve. If they were to ban that, I think that that would be a horrible. I don't think decision. we need to do it like that. I think we can leave it to the players. Like, I think you can be like, "Hey, I don't want this guy," and if that causes the other guy to be like, "Hey, I don't want your guy either," then so be it. You know. But I think. As a player, you should have the right to be like, hey, like this person's loud. Please stop them from talking during my match. But, 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 but I, I, this, we're, we're civil enough for that. I think we are. I think the problem, right, is that it is, it, it, you could make the argument that it's legitimately affecting the play. It is, yeah. And that's why you should be able to tell them to stop. Yeah. If you just turn back and say, hey, you, don't be an asshole. And everybody around goes, yeah, don't be an asshole. That's the level. That's the line. If someone is pushed to do that, that's the line. The, 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 I, the thing I do hate is when people at the end of a tense match are like, ah, ah, ah. That, that to me is like, though. I oh, listen to that. <laughs> um, anyway. But, you know, okay, I went to Revelations uh, like way back in the day when uh, it was when right after AE uh, for Street Fighter 4 was released. And that was the first time I heard people. There were these two guys there that were screaming like seagulls, but they were doing it at every match. And it was from the back of like the crowd. And it's, it felt like they were, no matter where you were in the venue, it felt like you were right in front of them and they were eyeing right behind you. And I, at first, like just experiencing it by myself, I was upset. I was like, these guys are being disrespectful to what people are doing here. But as soon as I joined back up with my group, uh, from Arizona, they were laughing at it and adopting it, and we do that now here in Arizona because of those guys, and it's become a completely normal and expected thing. So, I mean, this whole this whole issue, it's it's so hard to like to, to just hammer down and have like in a box. It's I don't know. I, I think for me, it shouldn't be. It's volume is going to be hard to control. I think if if anything, it should be distance based. I mean, there should be a certain amount of space around the players, so no one bumps into them. No one screams literally in that that ear. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I don't know if you necessarily can or necessarily should uh, put those rules in, uh, especially those hard and fast rules about volume. You know, you, you should just certainly... wait for combo breaker because Rick's going to come up with an amazing rule like he always does to make everything better. Put it all on Rick right now. He's just going to build a. He's just going to expand combo breaker jail. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. Man. So then you're saying uh, more of it. Got it. Anyhow, I I think people are too loud during matches. So there you go. That's my opinion. So I know... I'm not pointing. I'm not even saying anyone in general. I just think that way too many people do this, and I think that if 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 I tell you to stop, you should stop. So I know in other esports they put the players inside sound booths. Is that what we're gonna? Is that fuck what we're heading? That. Fuck well, that. Well, why fuck that? Because I feel like part, like the crowd and the atmosphere is absolutely part of it. But that's you the know, thing. My, you, 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 you could have the crowd going wild right. as loud but as they when, want. When you put up the booth, when you put when you put up that physical barrier, then it's no longer about the players being, you know us being the players there's that separation then between the players 
the pros who get to be on the stage and the Joe Schmoes. And that I feel would be a fundament that would fundamentally change the makeup of the FGC. I like the idea of having them actually for, for certain things. Also, can I bring up one more thing? Karen Okami in the chat actually brought up a very good point. This is just one person being too loud, right? Or was it the entire... Well, the the, the idea is that it keeps recurring, but yeah, it's typically you can pin it to one person in this case, and I'm not trying to... Joy has been on the show, and she's a a joy and a delight. Um, But, you know, Kaba, and then certainly other people. Yeah, and if it's one person, then why have we just not asked them to stop and tone it down? Well, we don't know that. Did anybody ask Joy, hey, you know... Turn it down. Has like an, I think people take the wrong approach to telling people to slow it down. I think people f- turn around. Like the obvious, the thing that tends to happen is guy loses game one, pulls off his headphones and screams at the person behind them to shut up. And that, I understand the frustration and where it comes from, but that is never going to work. And so <laughs> you got to. Yeah, get a TO. Get a TO. Be like, hey, please be quiet. If that doesn't work, get a TO and be like, hey, this person's like really bothering my play. I'm pretty sure that would usually work. I'm pretty sure no one's ever fucking done it in history. But <laughs> if they did it, I bet it would work. All right. So that's all. I think we, we, we've given our opinions on that. Um, it was definitely uh, – uh, you couldn't miss it when Cool Kid was playing. You could hear it. And I was surprised at how loud it could. I mean, I guess she was relatively close to the commentary station or her voice just carries, but uh, you could definitely hear it. And if your TO doesn't fix it at that point or no one fixes it at that point, then someone fucked Thanks. up. All right. Speaking of TOs fixing it, Smash mess with Chango and Fohebro. Um, Mike, I'm going to let you tee up this oh, discussion man. here. So this is a long... I wouldn't usually talk about Smash too much. Usually I just give it a couple of lines here and there. But this one kind of exuded into the FGC. And, you know, you saw Ultra David tweet about it. A bunch of Smash players tweet at Ultra David. You saw various other people tweet about it. And this is a long, long standing issue between the communities and between Smash. It's going on for a long time. So basically what happened here to tee it up is that these guys, Chango and Fo the Hero, played in a top eight match that overall isn't that consequential because neither of these two was going to make it any further than they did, and they didn't. Um, there was like six other great players in the top eight. These were kind of the local guys who made it through, etc. Anyhow... Teeing this up, the story is that Ice Climbers have recently had Wobbling banned. If you don't know what Wobbling is, it's the chain grab that lets Ice Climbers kill it's you. It's an infinite? It's, it's if they grab you, you're dead. It's basically an infinite that goes into a kill every single time. They've banned this, and now Jigglypuff vs. Ice Climbers, which was like a 7-3 or an 8-2, is now a 9-1 to 10-0. If the Ice Climbers are down, Puff wins. Like, unwinnable match. And Chingo did just that. He camped on the platforms. But... In response to this, Foe the Hero didn't really try to approach him, and this is where the issue came. You see minutes at a time of five separate matches where he's just sitting here with the life lead and Foe is doing nothing to try to catch him. Mm-hmm. Some people say this was in protest to banning wobbling. He was trying to show that without wobbling, he can't beat the ice climbers. Overall, they both just kind of looked ridiculous. I can't say stupid. Chango was playing the way he should to win. But it looked ridiculous, and people were upset about this, and it goes against the supposed spirit of how melee players wanted to go. So my my, my question is because it's come up before, right? Like uh, for me, my first taste of it was at an Evo many years ago. Uh, Hungry Box getting booed to death 
although I think he won his match, uh, because he was, like, stalling or playing lame or whatever that. And that's, like, a huge focus. And ball. this was way – so, yeah. So, like, the fact of the matter is that in 98% of Smash matches, maybe 99, it's not an issue because they play characters where this doesn't happen – or even if they do play Jigglypuff, most of the time Hungrybox plays, it's not a timeout. You know, he usually wins outright, even versus the best players. But this can happen. Now, this is where the disconnect starts. I think a lot of FGC players look at this the wrong way, and I think a lot of Smash players look at it the wrong way. Smash is not a traditional fighting game. It's not, and I don't think anyone really does think that it is. It was a game completely designed to be casual, and in order to make it the level that we play it today at all, you know, you turn off the items, you ban 90% of the stages, you do this, this, and that. And there are parts of the game that you have to ban as well. And this isn't outside of fighting games either. Peach can do her side B against the bottom of a stage and no character can ever reach her. So if she gets a 1% lead, she would win. You can understand why they ban that. You can tell them, hey, fuck off. But I mean, then sure, Peach is the best character. All you do is get one hit and you run away and it's not a playable game. You get that. Jigglypuff can pound infinitely upwards off the side of the stage where no one can reach her. And you can understand for the same reasons why they maybe ban that. The issue comes to when it's harder to call black and white. Puff can run around the platforms and it's very hard to catch her. It's technically possible, but it's so hard that in certain matchups, I could probably beat top players by doing that the whole time. So what are they supposed to do here? And the answer is, I don't know. Like, the answer is, I think the game has this limitation. And as the FGC, we have to look at it a little bit differently and understand that their game isn't designed the same way that ours are. Mm -hmm. At the same time, when a Smash player says something like, oh, make Jigglypuff lose every time out, and you fixed it, Jigglypuff is the worst fucking character in the game now. You just get one hit on her, or you don't even need to get a hit on her. You just run away, and as long as she doesn't kill you in the eight minutes, you've won, you know? And so it's tough, and I don't think that the FGC should look at it as if they're being complete babies without knowing the situation, but I think Smash players should watch how far they take this because banning wobbling didn't seem to fix this, right? We have the Jigglypuff problem now. And I think if you ban Jigglypuff, there are things people will complain about in the future. They should just move on to Ultimate. Now, let me point, like a counterpoint here. There was, you might recall, a bygone era of Marvel versus Capcom 3, right. wherein uh, Chris G was unbeatable for a long stretch of time with his Mora Doom, this, that, and the other. And then Rubik's came out with his Modoc, and he would do this shit where he would go to the top right of the screen and just fly away. No, nah, it's not the away. same, man. It's just not the same. I know that's like hard to just take, but it's not like the, it's literally impossible to catch some of these techniques I was talking about. It's as if certain things that we did ban in these games, like, right. If the Blanca glitch had stayed the way it was, we wouldn't have been like, and they didn't patch the game. We would have been like, deal with it. Pick Blanca, just do the infinite timeout glitch. And the first person who freezes the game first wins, mm -hmm. we would have dealt with it. We would either ban Blanca or more likely would have banned the glitch. And they're trying to ban the glitch by stopping stalling. But it's a lot harder because what is stalling, you know? That's so impossible to dictate that I think they're going to be forced to either deal with it or ban Jigglypuff as a whole. And I think the latter is a really bad option. So we'll see, man. And, and I think, you know, if you didn't watch the match, uh, I don't know if we can play the clip. 
I don't the know if reason no, this the clip that you sent, I wasn't able to get download it. Sorry. Oh, well, the reason this blew up wasn't because it was a lo- a bunch of timeouts. You know that happens, but there were points where they spent one to two minutes with effectively no movement, where you know the ice climber player was on the ground, Puff was on the on the platform, and there was just you know effectively no movement. There were points where there was absolutely no movement for a full minute, minute and a half, even though the uh, ice climbers player, the onus uh, uh, was on them to pursue because they were trailing. They chose not to. They it was they just thought it was so unwinnable. It's like, fuck it. And then it ended with him uh, unplugging his controller with a minute left in the final game. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Yo, I've got a point at like, I know we always make fun of him and I make fun of him because he says stupid stuff and makes crazy claims all the time. But David Serlin wrote a pretty good article and it's not planning to win. It was a different one about the slippery slope of banning things, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And it still it still kind of applies today, which is basically to ban something effectively. It needs to be pretty concrete and it needs to it needs to not become the next best strategy to go one tier below, right? So if we say Jigglypuff can only rising pound stall 100 times, you're going to do it 99 times, right? And if that becomes the problem, then we just have to keep lowering the ladder and it becomes extremely arbitrary. I I believe I have the clip here now. So if anybody didn't catch this and wanted to see it. um, So again, just a quick explainer of what's happening here. So this is what I would call not something bannable. This is a like this isn't the problem with Smash. This is like kid on the left being a whiny baby. Um, he's playing a horrible matchup. He refuses to counter pick. I know it's hard. It's hard to learn characters in that game, and he's upset about it. He wants to play his usual little regular Smash game, and this guy's not letting him play it. And I mean, this is the equivalent. This to me, <laughs> rather than being what I was talking about, where it's unbeatable, this is a Zangief player being mad he can't beat Seth in vanilla SF4. I mean, this is unfortunate, but he is on the playing field. He could chase after him. It would be entirely possible to make a read and hit him. He's just not going for it. And yeah, so what a bitch. that's why uh, no. this became such an issue. So that clip actually came from uh, Tyler, the Sir Toasty on uh, Twitter. So uh, go and check that clip out there if you wanted to see it again. But yeah, so yeah. this is kind of like a non-applicable clip that spawned a real conversation, which is how do we deal with a game where we can't create an easy boundary that we all like? And and honestly, I think they'll eventually ban Jigglypuff. Mark my words. I think they'll do it. <laughs> this and is I, Melee, right? We're I think about, if they like... don't ban Jigglypuff, they'll do something like making her lose timeouts, which will create situations that are similar to banning Jigglypuff. So I think it's going to happen. And I don't actually think they should be complete. Like if that's what they want, let them do it. You know, I don't like it, but whatever. Cause, cause they don't like what they're doing right now. All right. We've talked about it enough. Moving on. Dead or alive world championship details announced. Uh, Is there anything to talk about there briefly? Uh, Yeah. Uh, They announced this last week. 
well, they had announced the tour a while ago, but they finally released the details. Uh, a few of the key points. Uh, it's going to be made up of 16 events, three of which are going to be offline fatal matches, uh, which will be along the lines of premieres in CPT events uh, with more points, a bigger prize pool. Also, the winners of those three events will qualify automatically uh, for the DOA finals. The other qualifiers will be uh, the top five players from the U.S. leaderboard, the top three players from the Asia leaderboard, the top three players from Europe, and then two players qualifying via the last chance qualifier. Um, one other key to note here is that if you look at the point spread, they actually award more points for winning an online event versus winning Sick. an offline. That makes sense. No, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, there's only one online event per region versus uh, several okay. for offline. Fair enough. If we look at the full schedule, uh, the three fatal matches, uh, which have the automatic qualifiers, are CEO, Summer Jam, and a Japanese event to be determined later. Uh, the mix-up uh, later this month will be the kickoff event for the DOA six world championship. So that's the kickoff for that as well as the Tekken world tour. So wasn't a lot the, of eyes in Lyon on Lyon this year. Wasn't full schedule the name of a Marvel player. Yes, it was. Um, all right. Uh, Sam show has a new character. that looks like they're out of monster hunter. Uh, I don't have the picture, but cool. Darley daggers, Darley daggers. It's a wonderful she, name. Sounds like somebody that will work at coyote ugly or some shit. She, she, she I really like, the visual design of her. I bet you she, do. It, oh my god! <laughs> what? I I just like the character design. I haven't had a chance to to check out the gameplay, but the design is pretty cool. It's sort of like a pirate, uh, sort of like a female Jack Sparrow with a little darker skin. Uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Definitely check that out. I'm trying to get the picture here, but I'm having trouble getting a high quality one. Here we go. All right, let me. Uh, like they're all high quality. They are all high quality. All right, let me pull the pick, and then y'all can decide if uh, she's as high quality as Mi Compadre says she is. All right, here. One second. One second. There you go. It's pretty high quality. I'm bro. a fan. What part are you a fan of? Uh, I don't know why she's wearing garter belts with no pants, but you know, <laughs> like. Maybe that. She's, she's got a... Uh, she's not big smart. She's a good fighter. She's cool. I don't know. Enhancing in real time. What do you like Stop. about T-Hawk? He's the shit. There you go. <laughs> Yo, can we look at the the sticker or whatever decal on the sword blade? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. That's my favorite part of this whole thing. Oh. Is that like a hammer and it's a hammer saw? And the saw that she's holding. Yeah, and the heart skull has heart skull. for eyes. Oh, that's cute. She looks fine. No one's gonna care about this game. Kind of sad, but oh well. Um, well, if if you care about the older games, you have a chance to play them now because uh, at PAX East they also announced that there's going to be a Sam Show collection uh, that will include from the original all the way up to five special, uh, and it will include online play. So. Here's your chance to say you're going to play Sam Show and then not play Sam Show. Funny. All right. Uh, we have a couple of topics left. I guess we could talk about Power Rangers briefly here. 
Um, did we not already talk about this? Did we? No, we said we were gonna. Um, I mean, I don't know. The game had a pretty ugly release. Um, there was a glitch basically when it came out. I don't know if it's still in the game. Where essentially, you know how fuzzy guarding works, right? Where once you block, until you leave block stun, your character is standing the same way. So that's why you can do overhead sometimes when they would usually whiff. Well, in this game, instead of it just being that your character stands in the same way, your character's only able to block in that way. So if you block a jump in, they can only block high until they leave block stun. So if you do a jump in and then a low light kick, it, or my favorite, guaranteed. a jump in into a sweep like the old school SF2 days, yeah. it's unblockable. You got hit. You're done. You got mixed up, dog. So, yeah, that sucked. I think they fixed it. If they didn't fix it, uh, that, game's unplayable. That clip that we were watching is from Justin Wong's How to Play Cheap on Power Rangers uh, Battle for the Grid. What I like is that uh, Justin Wong was, like, the balance, part of the balance. team. Yeah. And he's like, hey, guys, here's all the broken shit. He's like, play lame. I love it. All right. It's okay. It's, I, I don't, it's a baby game. I don't know. It's like a game for babies. Did we get, didn't you say, what, what, what was the threshold uh, for the meta score that this guy would play it or some bullshit? 70 we would give away copies and uh what do we got metacritic score roll, here. Please. yeah uh, the xbox one does not have an official score yet not enough reviews <laughs> uh or excuse me the uh the switch actually does have enough it is scored at 62 Yay! oh no sorry guys <laughs> all right um regardless uh we're gonna move on we have a couple of topics left uh should we hit the evil leaderboard or the Mortal Kombat 11 beta thoughts? John, what do you want? I didn't play the beta, so I guess I vote the evil leaderboard. All right, evil leaderboard. Let's talk about it. This is obviously the most important. Uh, 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 what's what I'm looking for? Like the what it tells you where the wind is going. Um, weather vane. God, somebody help me out here. Yeah, I was going to say weather vane. Anyway, uh, this tells you where the FGC is going. Is barometer. how many people have yeah, it? There you go, barometer. For Evo 2019, uh, entrant leaderboard tells you everything you need to know. Uh, shall I, Steve, or will you? Uh, go ahead. All right. Sitting pretty at number one. Do we know the number of entrants or just the ranking? <laughs> uh, we don't know was... the number. We just know the ordering. Wait a second. That doesn't look right. No, that's right. It's As of April first. 1st, you, Weisenheimer, <laughs> undernight in birth. <laughs> Uh, Uniel is uh, sitting pretty number one. Now let's look at the real one, you Weisenheimer guy. Well, and then one day later they updated, and there was a big movement. People registered like crazy, and uh, and and now Smash Bros is on top. Is that? Uh, but also Tekken Seven, right? Okay, so number one, Smash Brothers Ultimate. That's not super surprising, but also it is because it's Evo, right? And it's like a FGC event. And as Donka told us earlier, it's. Smash is not a traditional fighting game, but they're sitting at number one. Number two, this one is surprising to me, if this is accurate, is Tekken 7. Street Fighter Five, you would expect to be that high. Um, Mortal Kombat 11, people are excited about it. It's a new game. Every time there's a new game on this scale, people tend to jump into it because it's like, hey, the game will be early in its life cycle, and it's you know a chance for me to get some wins. Soul Calibur 6 is high um, relative to, say, Dragon Ball. Um, then at the real placing for Undernight in Birth is six, Samurai Shodan at seven, Dragon Ball Fighters at eight, and Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle at nine. And that's I mean, your that rundown. Dragon Ball Fighters in eight, I think, is the biggest thing that stands out to you right now because that game had the, if I'm not mistaken, the highest viewership at Evo last year. Had the highest finals. number of entrants, too. Highest number of entrants. 
And there's been some talk about it falling off. People jump to dead game, and that's almost just like a jokey meme kind Apparently of. Apparently, there's a mistake but, by the way, and Unist is one spot up above Soul Calibur. Yeah. So okay. So this is um, Joey Quayar, Mr. Wiz, Mr. Wizard, uh, McRib himself. Okay, there's a couple mistakes. Number one, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number two, Tekken Seven. Three, Street Fighter Five. Four, Mortal Kombat Eleven. Five, Undernight Inbirth. Ball Fighters, seven wow. Sam Show, eight Soul Calibur Six, way big drop, and nine Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. So disregard okay. the graphic on the screen. Steve rarely so does, but in this it. case has yeah um, sixth. Steve led us astray. I'm sorely disappointed. I, I am fired, <laughs> uh, but should point out that either way, is anybody surprised that Unist is the number one anime game so far versus Dragon Ball. Egg. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not anymore. Um, but I would have been before they announced it for sure. Now, obviously people, not everybody that's going to enter has entered. Um, I'm guessing the cutoff between four and five, like after mortal Kombat, is pretty big. And I'm also guessing there's a chance mortal Kombat passes street fighter five. So there's a lot. There's a lot to come. Do you think five might pass seven or ultimate? No, I I, I do think uh, I think ultimate's gonna to... lock in at number one. Tekken, I would be surprised if that stayed, simply because Street Fighter Five. I think I, I I can't see that finishing third. Um, the other thing is Mortal Kombat's is final number. I do feel is going to depend on the launch. If the game launches in a great state then I think you'll see a big surge uh, at the beginning of May. What, what, if, what, what would be a great launch for you for Mortal Kombat 11? Because right now, it looks like they're on track, and they mm -hmm. also have... NRS is known for making hot fixes. I think and they can do the no wrong at this point. But let's see. Let's make sure online is good. Not just not broken, but good. Um, no real big missteps in terms of DLC practices or anything like that. There are um, certainly pitfalls that, that are still on the road in front of them, but they, they are doing everything right thus far, and people are really hype. Every reveal, everything, you know, it's like people have little tiny gripes, but the overwhelming theme of the conversation is positivity and that people are just excited for this game. Even so if they have major I gripes, do they don't want to make up. it sound like that. So, <laughs> as I said, yeah, like they're oh, like... I also have a question, and just to get y'all's opinion on it, do you think that at this point, not that Son of Fox has now just recently become popular, but do you think that uh, his recent surge in popularity since like the eSports Gaming Awards or whatever they were called, um, that uh, Sonic Fox could bring more people to the game by the mere fact of him being competing in it? I mean, I, you would think that Dragon Ball Fighters would have had something of a similar boost because he was like kind of like the the key player for that, at least in recent times. Not not so much anymore. Goichi's kind of taken that throne back, at least here in the last couple of events. But uh, it seems like what I was getting to earlier, Dragon Ball Fighters is falling off. I think more so than I expected it would. It's you know, games have quiet times, but but this game's I don't know what's going on with it right now. But so to answer your question though. I think Sonic Fox's presence in that should have a, a similar effect, and I don't think we're seeing it there either. That's a good point. So, yeah. I, I think he brings a lot of attention to he, – he, he'll bring in fans that you know are, aren't necessarily the kinds of fans that are going to go to tournaments, not because, not because of 
his personality or his identity simply because a lot of people who would be drawn in by that aren't necessarily hardcore tournament type hardcore tournament players especially at first maybe so, viewers so yeah you he'll generate a lot of interest some of that interest will turn into players playing the game picking up the game some of that will turn into uh, people going to tournaments it's not necessarily going to be one-to-one at each step of that uh, conversion process all right um shall we talk about a little more about mortal kombat beta sure or did you guys uh, do you have any more thoughts john on the uh, evo uh it's, no it's i early, think it's a but... cool snapshot and and we can we've talked about what what should be talked about at this point don't take it you know to the bank right now we've got a long time before evo another like four months or so so we'll see how things play out we'll, two we'll of the games aren't even out conversation. that are on the list yes so yeah, yeah. there's a lot left yeah. so. right but uh, at least one of those games there's been Maybe samurai uh, showdown will be number one you know <laughs> <laughs> doubtful all right um, hey darley daggers might be the key uh, I don't think so. All right, um, let's jump into this reveal. This is a Game Informer exclusive slash I ripped it and I'm going to play it. Check this out. So this is the new <laughs> character, Cetrion, pulling a Princess Mononoke, that deer that with all the, the weird face that when it steps, it creates grass underneath its feet. This is an Elder God. She apparently has uh, all she the powers. She's an unfinished test model. No, she disagree. really I does. I wasn't, yeah, go ahead. I disagree with the both of you. Uh, but I would like to hear your opinions when I'm done setting this up. She has all the powers of Earth. She is basically a little bit Swamp Thing, a little thing, a little bit Poison Ivy, a little bit Avatar The Last Airbender. She can throw rocks. She can throw vines. She can throw water. She can throw fire. She can throw all kinds of shit. Um, and she looks a little more Injustice than Mortal Kombat to me. Okay, you guys were That's saying she looks unfinished. Saying. Everyone's saying she so- looks like Injustice. Very much. And it's like, okay, so I think the concept is very cool. I think the fact that she's doing these moves are really cool. And you can go in so many different directions. We've only seen a handful, and I'm sure NRS is way on top of that. I think she'll be a very interesting character to watch, and that's something that you really want right now. But she does look like, when you when you just look at her, maybe it's the just like the kind of, just the grade. There's, there's not a lot to her as a character you look at it she just looks like what'd you say a test dummy or, or just a test model it's like we'll start with this and we'll add details later but they didn't add enough details i mean her her costume is fine but the actual look of her she, she's just she could be anything she's just like a like a south park character that they didn't add any kind of you know attributes all right but let's yeah, watch let's watch like, her fatality let's watch her fatality though here we go as a team we're gonna enjoy this fatality like, go back like what'd you just do bro fatality okay you want to see her her fatal blow is very the, the, you want to no, see no, start, no, go, go back go back okay okay start okay she I'll does do something really weird oops fuck <laughs> I don't know. It's wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Here we go. No, it's totally worth it. Her fatality or fatal blow? Now we're doing the fatality. She did a really weird okay. animation. I don't know. You gonna Whatever. talk shit about an animation now? Here, she walked yeah, forward. Okay, walk forward. Okay, she's like, fra- and then like, oh, there's no. There, she, she, she goes back instantly. Yeah. Well, maybe oh. she's not quite done yet. Right, right. Oh. Whatever. All right, let's watch this fatality. Okay, rocks, smash. She's she getting big. Step on her. She grows. She grows even more. Okay, I like this. <laughs> like, this like just seems beam. like over. Okay, this is my main. Never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Because that beam, no, I love she her. became the size of a continent. Yeah. She oh, blasted, yeah. like, the size of her mouth was probably the Oof. size of, like, Arkansas. And then the beam Stop comes out. Stop talking shit about my character. <laughs> Not realistic enough for me. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the beta. Who here played the beta? I did. 
Elon played. Uh, Mike played. I played. You got 2,000 matches, you said? You played straight with Baraka? I played 10 million matches. Who, who, who did you concentrate on? Baraka. I only picked Baraka. I literally <laughs> didn't pick any character but Baraka. And what are your thoughts? It's a weird game. I don't. I think a lot of the new mechanics are stuff that they thought sounded like a cool idea, and they didn't test a lot. Um, Such as, so the breakaway system obviously has been complained about, and that's the thing that I'd say is probably either the most or the second most complained about. The breakaway is kind of like a combo breaker, but instead of you know freezing the game and they fly apart from each other, you flip out of the combo. There's a lot of moves like Cabal's Run like one of Scarlet's captures that if you break away at the right time, you actually punish them and there's nothing they can do about it. There's, there's an argument as to whether you can say this is objectively a bad thing or not. There's strategy involved, but it's something that fighting game players fucking hate. No one wants to be punished for doing their combo. Mm -hmm. So there you go. People don't like that. I haven't seen anyone say it's good. Does that I actually? I'll, I'll I'll admit I actually didn't figure out how to do how to use the defensive meter, which is what you need to do these, right? Do they rebuild at the same uh, pace as the uh, move meter? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell because you. I wonder if those should just be locked to you get two, and that's it. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think Sonic Fox's idea was you should get like one, uh, okay, like, like a fatal blow. And then the other issue people are having is the fatal blows. And those are moves. They're kind of like supers, but they don't take any bar. You it's get like access to it once you get 30%. So it's like a pure comeback mechanic. X-rays were kind of like a super. This is like a, an ultra where the only meter it has its own meter. Now, the weird thing about this is if it hits, it does unscaled damage. It always does around 30%. So even if you do like a 40% combo and you add it, now it's a 70% combo. That's Seems really broken. crazy. Yeah. B, all of them except for Cabals are safe, and you get them back if they don't hit. So every eight seconds or whatever, you can just do a safe invincible move. And then three, Cabals is instant, and is like, it's like literally like two frames full screen, evades everything. So there's a lot going on there. And my issue isn't that the game sucks outside of that. I think the regular footsies are what you expect in MK. I think the game looks and feels pretty decent. It's... I'm concerned about their decision-making. When all of their new mechanics come out this poorly, that worries me. I'm kind of sad to hear you say that the footsies are like what you would expect from traditional MK because it sounded like they were trying to make it much more about a, a nuanced walking back and forth, spacing with punishing kind of game, which is not what I think of at all when I think of Mortal Kombat. I think of armored high-low mix-ups and just go at it. But that you, stuff's mostly okay. So the, the the armored stuff is mostly gone. I'd say they did a good job on what they removed and a bad job on what they added. So maybe they can just remove what they added and it'll be great. I don't know. Uh, Basically, get rid of everything in Mortal Kombat and it's a much better game. <laughs> I uh, I played Scarlet. I liked Scarlet. Oh, and so the other news. And sorry <laughs> if I'm being so negative. People are gonna love this game. Don't listen to me. I'm a fucking idiot. But. The other news that just came out today is Game Informer posted, yeah, it's not 100% confirmed, Game Informer posted a interview or a an article with some guy it was that where basically this, um, says, oh, I didn't know this was on. Right, well, no, we, we have it, but uh, if you want to pull that up. So uh, I'll go ahead and read it. So this is Game Informer's second article, not April 1st. Quote, 
While being able to create certain builds of characters means matches have more variety to them than the average fighting game, not knowing what moves your opponent has going into a match can be an issue, since certain matches could end up being more lopsided than usual. This much variety can also make it difficult for players to internalize all the possible matchups. NetherRealm's answer to this problem is to create a set of pre-built variations for ranked and tournament play similar to Mortal Kombat X's. The developer has confirmed each character will have at least two pre-built variations using the same three-slot system as custom variations, though the number of variations per character could differ. So the art, the issue with this is that the beta allowed you to customize, and every single top player that I saw, and a lot of them held polls. I think, like, Sonic had a poll. Some other top player, Foxy Grandpa, had a poll, where basically, you know, even just polling the masses, 70 plus percent of people said they were using custom variations. Yep. And they liked it and they preferred it that way and they thought the character fit their play style better. They thought they had a better choice over the moves and it just seems like the way people wanted to play the game and it seems like the way people got accustomed to and liked playing the game and going back to these variations that seem inferior and not as well thought out as what you can do on your own is upsetting people. Now, this is an easiest change ever for them to make. They can just say, hey, use custom variations. So I'm not overly worried about it yet. But they've got to figure something out. Alternatively, they could uh, make variations that people want. Yeah, they could do that. They'd be like, all right, guys, fine. Tell us which ones you want. We'll make those the standard. Uh, and you could, and there's three, so there's variation there. I mean, there's variety in the variations, if you will. If you were asking me, I think their system's a little too complicated. There's some moves you can use only with some moves, and some moves that you can't use with other moves. Like they conflict. Like if you have this and move, you can't have that and move. Some of them are two bars, and some of them are one bars. I think if they simplified it a little bit and made it like a choose your character, and then instead of choose your groove, it was like choose move one, two, three. It would be fine, and I think that's what they should do. Right, but imagine like going back to the character select screen to change your loadout, and like the amount of time, like that would just—that's uh, why it should just be a quick one-two-three thing. And I think that's why they're doing this preset variations because the way it's currently implemented in the game is not feasible at all. It's mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. I don't know, Steve. What do you so got, Bill? I was—I was just going to make that point. If you're going to allow people to customize their moves at tournaments, how in the world do you do that in a way that? is that's not going to take five minutes after before every single match. They would need to fix yeah. it. Yeah, they would need to fix it. The way it's currently, they have to do what they're doing. But that's not... People are already saying, we don't want that. We want the moves. Hey, the So Rick in the chat, the Hado, brings up a very, very excellent idea of bringing back combat codes. Are those the ones where you get like the party the heads, big icons? heads? Yeah. <laughs> And then but if you accidentally, you... like, oh, shit, I wasn't paying attention. The, the, the clock it loaded really yeah, fast, and yeah. I didn't get the right one, and now there's a no blood code. <laughs> but Then don't do the no blood code, thing. but have the, have the special moves selectable on the loading screen. How, but how would you know, if, if I'm playing somebody, how would I know what moves they have at their disposal? Have it be shown on the screen. Yeah, like dude. Like when they're picking it. That's like, like 30... Like, that's like, like 30 moves. How would you be able to figure that out like three seconds? Was anybody upset with the way it was in Mortal Kombat X? Uh, the variation well, no, system? No. I don't think so. But the right? problem... Okay, so the thing is, variations, even if they weren't different than just putting together these different moves, they felt different. The variations felt targeted. It felt like, oh, we want this to be the katana that's really just Jade. 
and we want this to be the katana that loves to throw fans. Whereas in this game, it feels like the game auto-selecting... I'm trying to think of a good example, but you know, when, when you do a preset loadout in any game, usually if you're an advanced gamer, you don't choose that one. You choose the custom, the custom option. And this feels less fun. You guys remember, like, way back, like, seven minutes ago when we were talking about potential <laughs> pitfalls for Mortal Kombat 11 and being at Evo is, and is this it? Well, okay, so as we're having this conversation, what I'm hearing is that we have uh, basically a way to punish people when they're doing combos, and we have this mass confusion on how we're going to go about, like, actually playing the game competitively, and, uh, and and there's a handful of other issues that, that Donka brought up in, you know, the fatal blows and whatnot. And it's starting to sound like this might not be as appealing to competitive audiences, which I think almost all of these issues that we're bringing up here, uh, that's the crowd that we're talking about here that's going to be really concerned with this stuff. Um, this just in the course of like the last seven minutes or so, you know, comes up to me like, well, maybe there is issue because... The big snapshot that the competitive scene just got from the beta sounds like it has a, a, a couple of different problems that are really big deals. And and now I haven't heard people on like social media basically talking like, well, uh, sorry, GG's, this isn't the game we expected and I'm not going to play it. Nothing like that. But I, I mean, with the way these issues are being presented, I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing that. Um, so, so like, where do we stand? Are, are these things going to be things that... Um, are, are putting a horrible taste in people's mouths and they're starting to go down this negative path where they don't see the game in as good a light as they did because I would imagine they would cause that. Let's, let, let's, let's give it a shot. You know, one thing I noticed in the beta was that it was clearly, like if you notice, if you went through the moves, there was some mistakes like two obviously different moves had the exact same description. So like, and there was also like um, uh, move loadouts that had two of the three slots filled and not because one of the moves was two slots, but because they just didn't. So uh, the, 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 you shouldn't assume that what was on offer on the beta would be the default loadouts. Yeah. So let's wait. Maybe, maybe they'll do a better job making the loadouts look like real loadouts. And part of – you just explained perfectly why I think people like this less than variations. It's because the loadouts felt janky and they felt thrown together. As you said, like having two moves instead of three just makes no sense. You'd be that like, should, dude, like give me the third move. Yeah, fill, fill yeah, it out. Like, give me that move, like right. So if they made the variations feel like they put thought into them, which is what they in the article they said something along those lines, like these are gonna have thought put into them. Um, so then, what would you like to see? You'd you'd want to see like, okay, if I want to play zoning, if I want to play rushdown, if I want to play, just make it like whatever. MKX. If you if, if the loadouts are what we have to deal with then make it obvious which type this is, which three moves it has, and and how that one's supposed to play. But like, it's, I feel like the it's too late for them to make it like MKX uh, completely, right? Because in MKX, it was cool that they would actually have physical differences, but whatever. So that, that we're just getting to the weeds there. I think there. they should have custom variations, but I think they should simplify it so that you can do it on character select. That's and, how I feel and, about it. And just so you know, you can take, even in uh, these competitive modes, you can take custom variations online uh that don't impact gameplay so ones that simply look different you can some that give you a boost for racking up consecutive wins you can still use those um 
Me personally, I think I'm still going to stick with this game because, I mean, Cetrion is probably the closest we'll ever come to having Korra as a fight playable character in a fighting game. So, What about I that think damn I Nickelodeon with... game you're trying to get us to play against you? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm good at that game. I, 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 <laughs> I wish that was a legit that, game. Hey, I, w- I would say she's closer to Captain Planet. Yeah. No, she's straight up Avatar of the Last Airbender, she, bruh. Her, screen, her skin's blue. That's a good point. And her hair's green. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was Mortal Kombat. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but Steve reminded us that this is our 100th episode of Best of Five. Is this all together, like all of the iterations of the Best of Show? No, this is just the Best of Five era. Wow. So us on this channel, we have been here 100 times. Neat. <laughs> All right, and uh, based on our 100th show that uh, informed our question of the day, which two players, any game, would you most want to see a face-off in a first to 100? That's our question of the day. Let's check it out. Steve? Uh, Let's start off uh, with Nick Bryant, who said that he's down for more punk versus taquito. That was too good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can't argue with that there. Uh, The Peach Nehi. Uh, wants to see Yipes versus Justin in MC MVC two with low tiers. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, the Aqua Azul wants Daigo versus Tokido in Street Fighter Five because they need that Kimono Michi rematch. Hell yeah. Uh, Shayon twenty six wants to see Jimmy J Tran versus Knee in the Brian Mirror. Um, I, I know they too. played a first to ten uh, when Jimmy went to Korea, and that was like ten nine, I think. Me, so when you answer these questions, by the way, guys, you have to entertain the fact or remember the fact that you might be seeing 199 <laughs> matches. So, when you're talking about a Brian Mirror match, you better be ready for 199 <laughs> Brian Mirrors. Now, maybe you are, but just you know, think before you now answer. explain to me how this next one makes sense here. Uh, this uh, this one right here, Roar the Dinosaur wants to see Smug versus Choco Blanca or Tokido in Jenga. In 100 Again, or 199, 199 matches, matches of Jenga. Of Jenga. It doesn't hold up. I don't care who's <laughs> Thank you for answering the question and participating in Roar the Dinosaur. What else we got? Uh, did you see that Jenga <laughs> match, though? 199 times is not going to have the same effect. Yo, but how about this one? John, do you want to read this one? Uh, Efren versus John, Ultra Street Fighter 4, T-Hawk versus Goken. Enough said. 100, up? 199 up, of those. <laughs> no, it'd probably be 100. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a pretty broken match in favor of T-Hawk, as we've all <laughs> figured that out. And the real match was in Mikasa, if you recall. I Although you won here on the show, too. Well, not really. Faded. No, that one was for all the marbles. It was for all the marbles, but really, he was out playing me. Anyway, back to uh, the question of the day. Shiggity Shank closes us off saying that they could watch <laughs> Sonic Fox versus Perfect Legend for 130 matches. <laughs> you gotta watch that. That's y'all wrong answer. as hell, man. We love you, but y'all wrong as hell. Nope. You know, uh, honorable mentions on there. I would watch. Uh, 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 oh, fuck. I forgot his name. <laughs> F Champ versus uh, KBR. KBR, yes, yes, yes. Game Blue River. Uh, I'd watch that in Marvel. Oh my gosh! Well, I would go fast because most of them would be just pauses for you know the sake of drama. <laughs> what would you uh? 
Who would you want to watch a first to hundred? I don't want to watch a first to hundred between anyone. What if it was like a uh, <laughs> a Puff versus uh, Ice Climbers match? Oh my gosh! That set literally went forty minutes. <laughs> my favorite to watch right it now did. is the boring answer, which is in Street Fighter Five. It'd be Punk versus Tokido for sure. I think yeah. that's the most fun matchup. Um, Elon, do you have a first to hundred? You want to think watch? about for for across all games? Uh, I would like a first to hundred in a mystery game tournament. Lame. Steve, what about you, pal? Uh, I actually answered this on Twitter. I would want to see uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 come back out, and I want to see Smug versus Dominion. Mm. Uh, the throwback to that set they had uh, to qualify for uh, uh, Paris Games Week, I believe it was. Or, no, Kanswater Clash. But that set, that uh, Dominion Guile versus Smug's uh, Dudley was just ridiculous. It was like a heavyweight fight uh, that went 12 rounds. I'd love to see it go 120 rounds. C-Trigger in our chat says Wolf Chrome versus K-Brad. <laughs> Be a good one. Oh, God. My favorite has that four player to watch is definitely Snake First to 100 there. Yeah, we don't have enough, enough security. Accounts. Yeah, enough security for a first to 100. So the, the way <laughs> we wanted to close out our show, and we only have five minutes left, was... You didn't ask me what I was going to do. I thought, I thought you had mentioned it, but John... No. Sorry. What I would do is also go back to the Ultra Street Fighter 4 days. You get Gamer B and you got Shen. Gamer B is playing Elena. Mm. Shen <laughs> is playing Elena. And <laughs> first to 100 healing matches. Infinite time. Take, take off the clock, so though. <laughs> and everybody in, the, everybody in the audience gets a bottle of uh, their liquor of choice. Take a shot. Have a rip roaring time. <laughs> yeah, sounds miserable. I, mean, I want to see like I mean I, I don't know. There's a lot where like if you count it outside of the game, it get really fun. Like any Smash player versus Hungry Box, <laughs> like you know there'd be fighting by the end. It'd be fun. So I don't know. But all right. Uh, so again, as I was gonna say, it's been a hundred shows for best of five, and uh, Steve was like, "Hey, what are your favorite memories?" And I can't recall they all blur together between best of five and uh, the rest of the series when we had best of three and when the one so episode are we doing or two. All of them? So you tell us, Steve, what are the rules here? The, the rules are there are no rules. All right. It's like Temptation Island. All right. Uh, somebody already beat me to it. Zalbag mentioned it. Uh, the Marvel Bars was pretty fun. My wife was mad at me for spending so much money on uh, food we ended up throwing out. That was the most disgusting. It was it was like flaming hot Cheetos with beef jerky and pumpkin seeds or some shit yeah, like that. that was insane. Um, and then I baked it <laughs> in the oven. Never has like the dartboard strategy been used more obviously <laughs> than the marketing for Marvel Infinite. They really just chose whatever they had like in that room at that point. And it was beef jerky, pumpkin seeds, and that was all they had. To <laughs> that was gamer fuel, bro. Nothing is ever going to compare to that other one. The but other one was sweeter and tastier. It was. I almost threw up. It straight was up, like straight yeah, up. What was it? Too. It was like marshmallows vomited. and it was like, like marshmallow, like and butter, and white chocolate, and some other shit that I oh never... co ground coffee on it. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, no, that one was delicious. Um, okay, that was my favorite memory. 
disregard the guests we've had, the interesting interviews we've had with up-and-coming female representatives of the FGC, like uh, Persia and Cuddlecore, disregard all that. It was the marble bars. Marshmallows with coffee grounds on top. <laughs> delicious. Uh, John, what was your favorite moment of Best of Five? Dude, there's, there's so many. In recent times, I really liked how we got to show NRS's new content before anybody else. <laughs> that, was really fun. that was fantastic. Can't believe we got that but, exclusive. Fuck Game Informer. And, and there were a ton of moments like that. But, I mean, if I'm honest, my favorite thing to look back on in the show was um, being able to prank call Snake Eyes because after all that. <laughs> that was best of three, yeah. man. That was best of that three. Counts. That okay, counts. Okay, fine. Also, it doesn't count. Yeah, it counts. It counts. It counts. With what was it, uh, uh, Mark or Mike Mark Underhill, Underwood or uh, Underhill or some shit? Oh, Mark Underhill. Yes, that was. I mean, that was just a lot of fun. Um, and it's like I, I didn't. I wasn't even on the show that day. You guys kicked me off the show so that Snake Eyes could get called. And uh, but it was it was a good. We time. kicked Steve and off too, enjoyed. for what it's worth. Oh yeah. We we, we basically gave uh, uh, we gave Snake Eyes the entire hour and a half. And we did like the interview, but then it was like a call in, and then I think we played some matches. That was a good time. And I believe you also prank called us, uh, Steve, and I totally fell for it when John did. I, Wait, Steve little... prank called? Yeah, uh, didn't you as well? Didn't you guys like get together and like decide to totally? What did he do? Marcus Middlewood did. I, I <laughs> That's Marcus a good point. Middlewood. That's a good point, uh, Salty Claus. Anyway, yeah. Steve, what was your favorite moment? Also, of Best not of me. Also, not me. Completely different person. Um, there are two. Uh, one, I, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, was your interview with Triforce. Oh, hell yeah. That was fantastic, wasn't it? That was because I was very much of the camp where, okay, let's not give this guy a platform. Like, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was really <laughs> thinking it. Uh, but then you get you did the interview, and you were able to cut through Triforce, the character, and pull out you know, the thoughts of, you know, Triforce the guy. That's his real name. So I can't really say, like, it's... But, yeah, that was right up there. You know you know, uh, you know what was... Sorry to interrupt, but you know what was wild about that episode? Is that that was also the episode that we had KBR on that F-Champ yeah. called and that said, was, this is KBR's sure daddy. the wildest episode oh ever, by far. <laughs> anyway, you were saying, Steve? Uh, that That entire episode was like, oh, my God. Um, and then the other part, I would have to say, uh, just being able to be here every week, um, probably, you know, after, um, after I experienced that death in the family, uh, just being able to come on here and be goofy and dumb for a little bit and, you know, have people for some reason think I'm entertaining and or informative has just been. It, 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 this show has gotten me through a lot of weeks. Getting getting to Tuesday has gotten me through a lot of things, and I love you guys. I I really do. We love you too, Steve, and uh, it really does. It's great. It is a highlight. I think I won't speak for you guys, but highlight of my week to come here on Tuesdays and get to hang out with you guys and the chat. And uh, Elon, do you care to? Uh, I'm not following up Steve. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. Know. I'm sorry. I, I just <laughs> I'm I'm the new guy. I don't know nothing. Well, you know we're everything. all grateful for you to be a part of the show, and uh, we appreciate you uh, tech- being technical director for us as well as uh, participating. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My favorite Alon moment is probably when he put the birthday hat on Steve. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, oh, wait, no. No. There's also uh, Raven's Claw Esports hashtag feel the claw hashtag caw caw. That was good. 
That was pretty good. Uh, speaking of hilarious things, uh, recurring uh, themes here on the show, where are we, when are we going to get out the big board, Steve, with uh, you know different um, colors and all that business? Uh, do I not get one? I thought you already gave one, no? No, I didn't. <laughs> Mike, what do you got, dude? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm gone. I don't know. <laughs> That's, Sorry. There's a couple for sure. Off the chair. There, we, the drama levels have gone down, which is a good thing probably, but like we did have some funny like clickbaity type interviews back in the day, like the Triforce <laughs> one, the KBR one, Flow, and the breaking of the NDA live on air. Those were those were all pretty legendary. You mean the one calls. where Antonio Javier actually called in and yeah, confronted we had some him? crazy call-ins back in like the Twitch front page when they didn't cycle through, and so you'd get a jillion viewers every time, <laughs> and so random people would just be watching. I I, I remember the the one time that uh, someone called in and asked us if we had a idea about the vibrators versus dildos matchup. <laughs> the vibrators. I think that was our first ever call-in. <laughs> There's a. Uh... When when I was gone and you guys just did the baby John voice, that, that was <laughs> yelled out. But my John's favorite hats. moment as a personal moment of, is probably the last episode of Best of Three. Oh, damn. I just remember having a surreal moment where I'm sitting there, like, really seriously displaying Clay Fighter 63 <laughs> tech that I have, like, cultivated over the years. Like, this skill that never in your life would you supposed to be able to show off to a crowd of what was then a decent amount of people. Yeah. And for some reason, people were watching it. And, and, and then we that played was, it. On. That was at the end of Best of Three. And yeah, no, actually, the, the actual official end was when you were saying you had a big announcement to make. And then I think that was the same did, episode, wasn't right, it? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, same and, episode. And then we did the, the disconnected Street Fighter Five. Then that yeah. <laughs> ended the show. That was pretty yeah. classic. Also, I almost got fired that, that day. Was like having your, that was like having your funeral while you're still alive. People were telling Story us they loved us. Week. Yeah. A week later, they told me they hated me. But for one week, we were loved. All right. The last little anecdote about the time that we had Triforce on was that the week after... We had Combo Fiend on, uh, and he told me that he almost didn't come on. We were getting, we like, had... Illuminati <laughs> messages from, like, voice changer deep throat. Like, yeah, yeah, no more Triforce, no more. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Like, not, no show, no Actually, show. Actually, what's the name of the dude, Ian, right, uh, that writes for Compete I thought we were going to be banned from Twitch. People were so mad. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. That's enough. We're past our time. Uh, Ultra Chen. Uh, TV is up next. They will have a NCR 2019 recap and results. More to come at 11 beta thoughts, character news, E-League, Summit, etc., etc. Dragon Ball Fighters patch talk with Tubbleware. Cool. And uh, I guess this is like a segment they have. 5-5 five, five matchups, smash stuff, Evo numbers, etc. And they're coming on next. So go and give them your eyeballs. Thank you very much for watching. I'm a friend. This is Mike. That's John. He writes for Event Hubs. That's uh, Steve, Ace King Offsuit. Check out his Twitter because you get all kinds of cool shit on there. Sure, you can. Elon is on the ones and twos over here. We'll see you next week. 